All right, it's the episode you've all been waiting for, for us to finally <laughs> talk about how to set boundaries with in-laws and extended family. It's a hard thing to do uh, because we, as I think believers and Christians, right, we fall into this camp of like, I want to honor my family. I want to honor my parents. But right. sometimes they make it hard to do that. So how do I set that boundary? Because they're always talking bad about my spouse or they just want to talk about this other person in our family or... You know, all the things that the Lord has called us as believers not to engage in. How do we... Or I see the effects of my in-laws on our marriage or on my spouse. And it, you're likely seeing the effects because they're less than positive. Right. And you don't really know how to navigate that because you bring it up and it ends up being a blow-up fight. Or mm. it ends up pitting... You pit yourselves against each other. It ends up being your family versus their family. Or you versus their family. <laughs> it can be a really sticky situation. Speaking yeah. from experience, no, we're not going to throw our, our in-laws. Under we love the bus. our in-laws, uh, but you know what? Everyone's human, and so we all have to figure out how to how to walk through this together. And I think we'll be refreshed to find it is possible to have uh, certain boundaries that are very clear and to enforce those boundaries without also being a huge jerk. So we're going to talk through that today, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. series on boundaries. I think we may do a QA and a because we did get lots of questions. Hundreds, if not over a thousand questions. Wow. So we're going so to try to navigate those. <laughs> we're going to answer all those. It's going to be a record-setting really podcast episode, <laughs> like lengthwise. <laughs> um, but we have talked about boundaries in general in our first episode. Uh, the second episode was boundaries uh, in your marriage with your children. Right. And the last episode we did was boundaries in intimacy, so guarding your intimacy life, uh, your sexual intimacy. Protecting from those little foxes. Little foxes, got to go check it out. And this one, we kind of saved the best for last because we know you all have been uh, wanting this, uh, talking about in-laws and extended family. So we're excited to round this conversation out. There's been a few key themes that we've been talking about throughout, but before we do that, why don't you go through all the cool housekeeping stuff? Yeah, leave a rating and a review if you haven't. That helps us a lot. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And if you want to learn more and go deeper in your marriage, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and that would support us as well. It's uh, the, only the cost of a cup of coffee an hour. <laughs> it's actually one fancy coffee a month. <laughs> one fancy uh, a chocolate Frangioni. mocha mint fra- frangioni. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves them. Everyone loves them. Caffeine sugar bomb. Oh, man. So right. like we said last week, we talked about our intimacy life and our marriage covenant. How do we implement boundaries around that? Uh, this week, we are going to discuss boundaries in the areas of in-laws. How do we set up boundaries? Like, what are the philosophies and purposes behind the boundaries that we set up? How do we communicate them in a healthy and honoring way? I feel like that's probably the hardest thing to do. And then how do mm. we enforce them faithfully? Uh, there's just a lot of questions, a lot of uh, fog, I think, sometimes, and a lot yeah. of guilt and shame that can fall in these areas. So the one thing that keeps being consistent is God uh, throughout all of it and his grace and his yeah. discernment and his wisdom. Uh, the kind of the questions or the themes that we're sticking around is that we have six, uh, requirements for boundaries that we're going to discuss. And we've done that in every episode. And then we are also talking about, and you'll see it kind of interweave throughout this episode of just why do we not have boundaries? What keeps us from having boundaries in each of these areas? They are either unclear We don't understand them. They're unsaid. We haven't communicated them because how can you communicate something that's unclear? Or they're unenforced um, because they all rely on each other. So we are going to walk through what it would look like to set a boundary, to provide clarity around it, how to communicate it well, and then how to enforce it in a healthy and godly way. So as we've mentioned in every episode, also defining a boundary. If you look at a map, geographical lines, they are things that divide. So by definition, a boundary is right. a division, be keeping bad things out, good things in, good things in and growing and thriving in that spot. Bad things out. Well, 
there's a little bit of a twist here because we're not trying to keep our in-laws and extended yeah. family like out of our lives. Right. Um, I mean, there's always the caveat if there's some sort of abuse or something, uh, some trauma. Uh, of right. course, that's going to be not falling into this conversation. Uh, the boundaries, by definition, you know, are those those dividers. But we aren't keeping our family out. We are keeping bad behaviors out. That's the key. That is the key in this conversation. Uh, so you had said that boundaries are they're, they're division, dividing lines uh, between different territories. Helps ideas, identify. Yeah. Helps identify. Now I would so I use a picture of like a map with a country, right? Yeah. I would say that this in in this instance, it's helpful to think of those dividing lines as regulatory, uh, kind of. Um, I think of in terms of biology, right? You have osmotic or, or osmosis that happens in cellular membranes, right? Things get through What's the membrane. What's that mean? Things are allowed to get through. <laughs> some things aren't allowed to get through. Sure. Think of it like trade, like trade agreements, yeah. right? So you're basically creating a trade agreement that says <laughs> this type of thing will be allowed to come into our life, our marriage, uh, our relationship, our family. And this is not right? manipulation, folks. And we you don't are want to not talking them. about manipulation. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, and it's not. It's not just about getting what you want, okay? <laughs> right. Because, listen, you're not perfect either. Right. What and we so, want is not always godly and healthy, right? Yeah. You may want your, your in-laws to stay away just because you they're have they're annoying and you don't want to have grace for them. Right. And that's not a godly thing. Like, we're not called to just shun people because we don't, we don't like, like them. them. <laughs> we are called to, uh, to protect, right, it, from toxic things, right? We don't just let anything come in and just... You, you know, someone can't just come in and word vomit all over our family right. and verbally abuse our kids and verbally abuse our spouse. And we're just supposed to be okay with it. Right. So you have like kind of this trade agreement that's set up that governs that relationship with your country and their country. The boundary <laughs> between it says these types of things are contraband. Right. Toxic are, things we, are not allowed in here. Right. We're going to tell you how we're going to relate to one another and how we're yep. going to have a relationship, what it's going to include and what it's not going to include. And, and again, the caveat there is you, it doesn't just mean you get what you want all the time. It means that you're fighting for health, right. for wholeness in relationship, for reconciliation, for, for honor, and godliness, for empathy, for love, for patience. Like you still have to bear all that, that how Christian. Self, how self-righteous of us to think that like Jesus would like us and not our parents, right? Like, <laughs> Right. And, and you just assume that you're right in it because you're maybe young and you've got the energy and you've got the kids on your side and the leverage because they want to hang we're out with you. We're only saying this, people, because we've done this <laughs> on and we're fighting, And we've had to fight in our own hearts and our yeah. minds to say, like, we want healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't just want no relationships. We want healthy relationships. And, and that we, means we have to be peacemakers in those areas right. of our lives. And we and don't want family. arbitrary boundaries. The, the arbitrary boundaries come when we are just mm. trying to get what we want and manipulate. Yeah. So... Uh, those are not what we are. That's not our goal today, as I'm sure you can already tell. Hmm. Um, all right, let's dive into the Bible and the word and find out hmm. how does the gospel instruct us in this situation? You know, the problem that we're facing, right, as a married couple is that we are trying to live out this covenant with as best we can. And then we have other voices and influences and things that external uh, people that are coming into this area of our lives yeah. and they're, they're having, they're having things they need to share and things they want to say or behaviors they want to engage in mm-hmm. that are not uh, honoring. So what does the Bible, how does it instruct us on how to love yeah. and honor uh, while not, you know, I hate to say take any flack for it, but you know what? God said, we're going to endure persecution here on earth just as Christ has, but we have victory uh, because of Christ. So, right. Ten Commandments, the one commandment that has a promise with it is honor your father and your mother. It's not honor them if they're honorable. It is honor your father and your mother. We find this in Exodus. I think there's a few cross-references there. Chapter 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what strikes me about this, so that, you can easily kind of dismiss it for the cultural context here and say, honor your father and mother. This is in, you know, early uh, is Israelite uh, as they were becoming a nation, they had just come out of it, um, out of Egypt and they were headed into the promised mm-hmm. land and they got the Mosaic law was handed down on Mount Sinai and they had this, these 10 commandments and it's all on your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God is giving you. And you might read that and say, well, there's a context there because they're, you know, they were, they were supposed to grow into a mighty nation. Therefore it was, um, useful to command uh. people to, take care of their families mm-hmm. so that they would be a stronger nation, gotcha. more wisdom going into this land, right? So there's that promise, the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the temptation. 
And of course, Jesus blows us out of the water in Matthew 19. He's talking to uh, the rich young man and he says, uh, if you would enter life, keep the commandments. And the rich young man says, which ones? And Jesus says, don't murder, don't commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. He says, honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said, all these I've kept, what, what still do I lack? And you know, I mean, you might not know the rest of the story. If you want to hear it, go to Matthew 19. The point is, Jesus is upholding this command and saying it's important. Now, it does get kind of confusing too, because, okay, honor, what does it mean to honor? That's the first question. Does it mean we just let them kind of run roughshod all over us and they just do whatever they want right. and, and they, they're the patriarch, the matriarch, whatever, and they mm. can have final say and we're not supposed to question it? Is that what he's saying? I don't think so. Mm-mm. I don't think so because we see in Luke 17, right? It's Luke 17, correct? I want to make sure I'm getting that right. It's actually Luke 14. So Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Um, and that's hmm. under a thing called the cost of discipleship. So is Jesus saying that, okay, in one hand, you got to honor your father and mother, also hate them. <laughs> <laughs> of course, what, I mean, right. we Jesus. can unpack that a little bit. He's not saying just hate your, your parents, you know, turn away from you. He wouldn't be saying that because he's talking about hating your own life even. What he's making there is a comparison to In comparison to how much you love me, Jesus is saying this, the contrast is so sharp that it's almost as if you hate your own family. Um, and and where that, I think where the rubber meets the road is if, and this answers the first question of are we supposed to honor them no matter what, is that if ever they're causing us to in any way go sideways on the missions, uh, on the commands that God has given us on the to mission. Sin, yeah. To, yeah. He, he, if, if ever they're causing us to disobey God, that is then a, a, a flag for us to say, this, this needs to be conformed into a more righteous, healthier state, right? We need to right, bring right. peace. Well, and that, and, first, in that area. and that first step would be talking about a boundary saying, hey, talking to your spouse, saying, hey, this is not God-honoring behavior. The way that your dad talks down to you or the way, uh, you know, if a husband was to hear what the wife's mom said about him, you know, this is not God-honoring behavior. Um, How can we begin having those boundaries so that we can begin that reconciliation, Mm. right? It's not, again, just to set the boundaries to keep them out, but the bigger picture is just as Christ came to reconcile us to God, how can we be Mm. reconciled to each other uh, in a way that honors God? Right. So the first reason that we've talked about in the last few episodes that boundaries don't exist is because they're unclear. Mm. And so let's spend some time talking through the, like the clear boundaries here. Is that all right? Sure. Sometimes I go off, off your outline. Go for it. Go for it. I'll just follow you blindly. (laughs) <laughs> good because i'm blind too because i'm going off the outline um yeah how, how can we clarify these boundaries so if our primary call okay let's back all the way out of this conversation because it's complex it's not just about like avoiding all um hard interactions difficult interactions difficult relationships uh it's not about avoiding and not dealing with hard problems right it's about something deeper than that why, how has God called us? What is our, what is the chief end of man? Mm. Right. There's to, the catechism. To glorify God, right. And enjoy him forever to, uh, to worship him forever. Okay. So everything we do is out of this spirit of like, as if unto the Lord, that includes our marriage. That includes our relationships with our in-laws mm. and with our own parents and with mm-hmm. our own siblings and all those tough relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that's the big, the big important thing, then to get clarity around the boundaries, we have to understand the purpose of our marriage. Okay, our life is to is to is design the best purpose of our lives. Excuse me, I'm not being very articulate right now. Our primary call is to honor and glorify God. Within our marriage, we honor and glorify God. Well, how do we do that? Well, we love each other as Christ has loved us. We serve each other. We are an image, in, you know, a shadow of Christ and His church, and how um, we interact as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are selfless in that and we steward, you know, all, everything that we always talk about in marriage, like that's our big purpose of our marriage. Okay. So that's, that's the primary purpose there. All right. So let's talk about relationships. Our primary purpose in our relationships is to love one another, right? And, mm-hmm. and as, as if ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Treat one another as we would want to be treated and like the whole golden rule piece, mm. love and honor one another. 
And so if I have that, like my, my purpose within my marriage is to honor and glorify God. My purpose in my relationship with my in-laws and my parents and my siblings is to honor and glorify God. Now we can start drawing clear boundaries around things that are honoring and things that are not. Right. Right. What are the honoring things and what are the dishonoring things? Right. And that gets kind of gray. So you think about, I mean, there's well, so many scenarios. Well, especially when maybe your parents or extended family doesn't value the word of God, right? Because that's a whole other dynamic of you're calling them to uh, adhere to the truth and to God, but they don't care about God. They don't value, they're not Christians, or maybe they are, but they just don't really stick to the Bible. Yes and no. And... I mean, yes and no, because you're not, we, we are called kind of to evangelize in that sense. No, I'm saying, but we, we are not required. It's not our job to change their hearts. No, but, so no, we, I'm just it saying it's change another, our behavior no, them. no, I'm just saying it's yeah. another dynamic that can be at play, uh, calling somebody to the carpet of our truth. Um, which can is be God's very, truth. Which is God's truth. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Which is, can be very, the response to that is not always great. And that's hard to deal with, I think, especially for people like me who want peace and yeah. happiness all the time. <laughs> so here's an example. You have uh, a husband and a wife. Um, the wife's sister thinks the husband is not the greatest guy. Mm-hmm. She's saying he's, you know, he's an idiot. He's lazy. He's whatever the pejorative is. Right. And as as the wife, she's saying, listen, I love you. You're my sister. I get where you're coming from. He's my husband. I will not let you talk about him like that. Mm. If you're going to talk about him in those ways, I will not dishonor my husband. I get he's imperfect, but I'm called to love him in this way. If you cannot stop this behavior, then that's going to change our dynamic as sisters. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's where you get clarity because if your call is to honor your husband, right. your call is to, to you know see sanctification there, right. how is berating him behind his back in any way working toward that end. Right. It doesn't mean you just enable whatever behavior is causing your sister to be upset. Right. But it does mean that there's a better and there's a worse in that situation. Right. And the better is honoring him for his own sanctification for, so he could see Christ in you, all the reasons that we've gone right. over. So I think example. that's really important because there's just so many different dynamics at play with family because they're our family of origin, literally, right? This is where we grew up. These are people we grew up with or who taught us or who didn't teach us, you know, but they were present. And so therefore they've had quite the lasting stamp on our life, uh, especially in those early years. So how are we responding to them when, uh, you know, we all of a sudden find ourselves, m- not find ourselves, but we're married and there's things uh, along the way that are really just becoming so obviously unhealthy things. I mean, behaviors, uh, words, uh, trends and habits that are hindering our marriage relationship and they are just not God honoring. So how do we respond? How can we respond? Right. How, and how should we respond, Mm. um, as believers? And this kind of leads us into our six requirements for boundaries, because, um, again, you can't just throw up arbitrary manipulative, you know, comments and expect people to see them as a boundary, right? Because it just feels manipulative and unclear. We have to, discuss the clarity around why we're setting this boundary, what it is, Mm. uh, and how we're going to enforce that because of the reasons behind it. So um, each week we've gone through these six requirements for boundaries uh, because they've kind of looked a little bit different uh, depending on, you know, we're talking about kids or intimacy and for this episode, uh, in-laws and extended family. So the first one was governance and discipline. uh, In other words, self-control. So self-control is a fruit of the spirit. How do we enforce boundaries? How do we even have a philosophy and purpose behind boundaries Mm. if they're not rooted in self-control in terms of like our emotions, uh, in terms of, you know, blaming, like we could easily just blame and be angry and all of this, but if we're not exercising self-control, it's going to be really hard to have any clarity, I think, around, uh, the boundaries that God's called us to sometimes. Uh, so I want to add just a piece to the clarity side so that, cause it will add texture to the governance and discipline side. It's not a clear boundary. It's not a communicated boundary. If you're not in agreement on it. Right. So it has to be clear, not just to you, but to you and your spouse. Like if, if you're in the same scenario that we explained earlier, if the sister of the, your wife is speaking poorly and your wife doesn't have any problem with it. Right. And as a husband, you bring it up. You're mm. like, listen, I get it. I'm, you know, she can't talk about, she can't tell you to divorce me. Right. And if your sister's like, no, or your, your wife is like, no, that's not a big deal. Like she's just, that's what she does. That's how she is. 
right? That's not a clear boundary at that point. Hmm. The husband has an idea of what's clear and the wife has a different idea of what's clear and you're not in agreement on it. You're not in the same boundary together. You're both fighting for different things. Mm -hmm. And so clarity means you're getting on the same page. Remembering that uh, the whole leave and cleave thing, like (laughs) two became one flesh. It's not two became one flesh plus some growths on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Selena's like... No, it's not. It's not two became one flesh plus some in-laws. Yeah. No, it's you're now a, a unit. You're mm-hmm. husband and wife. You're nuclear in that you are together as one flesh. And now it's you, you have to be in unity in these things. Mm-hmm. And so if it ever comes down to it where you're having to choose, God forbid you have to make this choice, but you have to choose between your spouse and your in-laws, you're going to have to choose your spouse every time if we're going to be biblical about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's hard because you love your family. Right. Right. You don't want to make that choice. Right. And so what's the tendency is we tend to just say, oh, I'll just blur this line a little bit. Yeah. I don't need, we'll or I just excuses. want to avoid, I just want to enforce it. Right. We'll just make excuses for that behavior um, instead of staying disciplined about the boundary, especially, you know, when it comes to the point of they haven't respected it. And so you're now having to have some space set in between uh, where we yeah. just can't be around each other right now. And then there's that longing, right? You want to be reconciled. You want to be back with your family and in good graces and uh but you and your spouse are in agreement you have to adhere to that boundary that takes discipline it takes governance and it's not to be um a hard person (laughs) it's not to be just to be a jerk about it again it's about we are trying to teach and show and kind of model this like this is how we're going to relate this is the way we are living, we're honoring God in our marriage and relationship. This is what it looks like. If you want to be a part of this, this is what it's going to look like. It sounds so manipulative when you say it. I'm, I'm trying not to sound that way. I'm really trying to sound like we're loving and we're trying to build reconciliation so, because we love you and you're our family. There's a different way to say it that we talked through with Dimitri and Mary. Um, and by the way, we have a whole uh, mini course on this exact topic in yeah. gospel-centered marriage um, in our online learning kind of platform. Um, and the way that they said it is so great is that you're inviting them mm-hmm. into helping you understand mm-hmm. the reasons for the boundaries and therefore the need for the boundaries. Right. You're inviting them into that. You're not saying, listen, this is how it's going to be. You're saying, here's why. Yeah. Like, you can't talk about my spouse in this way because I will never like be on board with that. Right. My spouse is a gift from God. We have entered a marriage covenant. Yeah. And, and I get, he's, the... I get all of the flaws. He's not perfect. Right. I get that he's made mistakes. I get whatever the, the thing is that they're so bent out of shape over. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Right. Your spouse is you not, no one's pretending it. your spouse right. is perfect, but that's something that we have. That's a line that we have to draw. And so you're inviting them saying, I, I will never dishonor him. And you might not understand it, but because I trust God's word more than I trust your words, mm. more than I trust my own desires and emotions, I am committed to this marriage. I'm committed to seeing this situation reconciled, this broken, whatever that thing is. Yeah. And so you have to, uh, and so inviting them into it is, is I think a good kind of way, yeah. to, a good airspace to be in when you, when you talk about this conversation, cause you're giving them an opportunity to help you govern Absolutely. this boundary and enforce the boundary. And again, I'll say it again, this, the it, unity, <laughs> you have to be in <laughs> unity when it comes to this. Cause if you're not, if you're not, you're, you're, you're at a, at a false start, right? Right. You're at a dead stop. So, right. all right. So the next one, the next requirement, um, for, for boundaries, boundaries is trust and obedience. Yeah. So trusting, uh, that being obedient to God will bear fruit. Again, we're submitting ourselves to God's word, um, and not mm-hmm. necessarily, necessarily to the approval of our family or our in-laws, which is a very difficult and challenging thing to do as we've discussed, but trusting God's word, trusting that when we have these hard conversations, that we draw these lines uh, for health, that they will bear fruit. Mm. Uh, and fruit takes some yeah. time, right? It doesn't just pop, grows, there's an apple on the tree, right? It takes time. Yeah. And so we have to trust God's word and his process, trust his commandments, yeah. trust uh, the Holy Spirit in leading us in that, um, and not be afraid to be obedient and have those hard conversations. I mean, I'm thinking of an example of... Uh you know, you've got in-laws, they're trying to kind of turn the screws a little bit. They're saying like, if, if you don't like basically play ball, if you don't do things we, we think you want to do, I'm thinking like the, like the parents of the bride or the parents of the husband. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you don't come around the way we tell you to come around and when, and you don't, if we, if when we say jump, you don't ask how high, <laughs> then we're going to basically cut you out of the family or right. cut you off in the will or, you know, it never, yeah, it probably would never escalate to that point, but that would take a certain amount of trust to say, 
we're not willing to right. like that's I have to trust God that I'll be okay even if my parents shun us whether that's financially or emotionally whatever yeah there's a lot of different there. factors at play when it comes to family dynamics cultural influence um, Mary and Dimitri talked a lot about this because um, there's typically uh, it's more of a family unit uh, coming from you know she came from uh, Ukraine and then he came from Moldova Moldova yeah former Soviet Union. So whenever there, it's a very family oriented, um, culture, uh, whereas here in America, we tend to be more autonomous. And so, um, if one of the siblings, uh, did something, ha- you know, stole something or whatever, it would bring shame on the entire family. And I think this is true for a lot of cultures outside of America, which is a bit, I don't know, there's something there. Any, any, uh, like familial or like group culture where right. you've got families, being a big part of it, you're going to have right. that dynamic. There's yeah. a lot of shame uh, on the whole family. So it's not just you being held accountable as an individual. It's your whole family that is uh, then working through this whole thing. And so you can just kind of see that how deep that would go uh, in terms of, okay, we're married and I've been raised and lived in this family uh, where there's just so much overlap of our lives yeah. that to be cut off is a very, very painful thing. Um, so again, not fearing that, but trusting God in that. I'm gonna throw a wrench in your gears real fast. (laughs) No, it's, it's good on the, on the flip side of that. Yeah. You basically said there's individual cultures and like group cultures, autonomous and more like community oriented and how we Uh, approach in the West. Generally, we're the ones that have, uh, because of the enlightenment and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're much more individualistic. (laughs) Yeah. The downside of that is that there are boundaries that trust and obedience, the requirement piece might require us to remove a boundary that is there because our mm. individualism is driving it. So and good. that's not a biblical thing necessarily. Wow. Like, you can say like, listen, for say, example. I'm not going to let your mom move in with us for a season because uh, I just don't want to. Sure. Whereas if we read the Bible and it says, honor your father and mother, like take care of the, the widows, widows and the orphans. Yeah. And your mom happens to be a widow or what, you know, or single even if she's just single, like, yeah. and she just needs help, like, and you're not going to extend charity to her, your own family for a season because you don't want to, uh, that would take trust and obedience to erase that boundary and say, yeah. listen, we're going to take care of your mom because she's, she is family. She's not this, right. she's not this one flesh family, this nuclear family that is me and you and our kids, right. but she is family and she is in need. So let's trust God and be obedient and erase this arbitrary boundary that I've set up that's more individualistic uh, based and less Bible based and trust in that. Uh, And so you kind of got to, you have to question yourself too. You can't just always be looking outward and never looking inward and examining your own motives, uh, your own sinful kind of tendencies in this. Um, All right. The third one, boldness and clarity. Again, we can't be wishy-washy about uh, the boundaries we are contemplating or the boundaries that we're putting in place. Clarity is an absolute must with boundaries. So mm. have pre-discussed expectations. So pre-discussed with your spouse and then confident communication with your parents or the family mm. uh, members because uh, you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel, right? We don't have to uh, shy away from our convictions uh, and how God is leading us, I'm not leading, instructing us to live. We don't have to shy away, um, but we can be examples in that, uh, humble examples. Yeah. So if you're... I would, I would, so boldness and clarity. Um, boldness requires clarity and clarity begets boldness, I would mm-hmm. say. So and I always love examples on this kind of stuff because it just helps. If you can have one example, you can kind of extrapolate that into 10 other examples. Uh, ah, that's your trick. Yeah, that's the trick. So I think of, uh, you know, when we're around each other, here's like I'm talking to your your parents or your in-laws. You're saying, listen, we, we, we want to build a relationship with you. Now you have to be clear on this and then you can be bold with it. When we're around you, we cannot talk about these. Th- we're not going to talk about and indulge in these types of conversations or activities. We're not going to, we're not going to complain. We're not going to go down this rabbit trail that usually leads to a fight. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to gossip about family members. Gossip, yeah. Um, and that, that, that's a certain level of boldness. And and here's the key. If you breach the boundary, like we can't hang around anymore. We're going to have to leave. Like, what if you, what if you were that clear with it? If this is where the boundary is, we love you. We want to hang out with you. Also love so-and-so, which we tend to gossip about them. We're not going to participate in that. We're not going to be fake like that. We're not going to whatever. 
if that is where this place is where this relationship continues to go, we're not going to stick around today when we're hanging out. And we're also probably not going to come around again until you can Mm. communicate to us that you're willing to help us with this boundary. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of explain to them why it's healthy. And if they don't have a biblical worldview, it's going to be a harder sell. Yeah. Uh, but you can, by, by God's grace, explain it to them and, uh, and they can, you can invite them into that. Last thought on this in terms of, uh, having clarity, if you're unsure about a boundary, get counsel, talk to your pastor, talk, bring it to your community group, depending on what it is, uh, your guide couple or mentor, mentor couple, um, before you go and just kind of tell your parents or whoever, this is the boundary, you know, again, get counsel about something. If you're unsure or you're unclear, there's something there and you just can't seem to put your finger Mm. on it. Um, get some wisdom and clarity around that. So the fourth one here, uh, which we talked about, I think more heavily in the last episode in terms of intimacy, um, was talking about, uh, vigilance. So walking kind of the fence line of your marriage consistently, uh, looking at your marriage, looking at your family dynamics and all of that, how, what are the expectations that you and your spouse have agreed to? What are the boundaries that you've agreed to and how are these being upheld? Are they still upheld? Do they need to be, you know, sometimes I think boundaries are for a season, um, until we all can be reconciled and say, yes, we agree on this is the way we are going to relate to each other. We're not going to talk maliciously uh, about our spouse or about another family member, but we are going to uh, basically adhere yeah. to these boundaries. Um, are you for an example? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of one. Go, so I go for you. it. Go for I should, it. I should have waited another five seconds. All right. Um, I think I'm thinking of, you know, you're at a barbecue and the tendency is for your family, like your, your dad and maybe your brothers, to always, to start joking in a really crude way. Right. And they start laughing. They drink a little too much or whatever. And for whatever reason, they drink more than they probably should. And, you know, you're there watching and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to love them well, but you're also trying to, you know, walk with God in these areas. And you're realizing like they're coarse, it's coarse joking and it's drunkenness and it's all this behavior that you just can't really get behind. Yeah. And you can't participate in, nor can you really like laugh and like complicitly and don't condone it. So that's where you would have to be vigilant. So say you talk to your dad and said, listen, dad, we love you. Maybe not in that moment if they're drunk. Right. Yeah. You would (laughs) at another time, you'd say, listen, the other night, I feel like you kind of got, it went a little too far and we love you guys. Here's the deal. Just don't cross us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you drink like this or when you were together, sometimes I feel like the conversation goes into really kind of crude, crass places. And I don't want my wife around that. I don't want my kids to maybe overhear some of that stuff. So can we can we stop doing that? Right. Okay. And say your dad says, Oh, you're totally right. I didn't realize it. I'll, I'll work on that. Okay. So the vigilance piece comes along where, you know, it's, it's f- three months later right. It's and five barbecues later <laughs> and all of a sudden it's starting to happen again. Right. Dad, you remember that conversation we had? Like yeah. that hasn't changed anything. Right. And that's the vigilance piece is being willing to repeat the boldness and the clarity yeah. that you did from, from uh, requirement number right. three. <laughs> right. So good. Uh, the fifth one is love and patience. So any boundary is going to take some serious love, some serious patience. Uh, that is basically the Christian life in a lot of ways too in marriage, right? It, it all takes a lot of love, a yeah. lot of patience, a lot of kindness, a lot of uh, bearing yeah. with one another through these things. Uh, and that's hard to do because sometimes we just want to write people off and be done with them, right? Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think God has instructed us to just blow people off. I think he always has a plan uh, for him to be glorified, for us to be brought closer and to be sanctified. So Mm. enforcing boundaries can feel hard and hurtful and push you to the point of wanting to give up because you're like, what good is it doing? I've said these things. We've stayed away. It's doing nothing. Mm. But in those instances, I think we just really need to trust God's goodness and his instruction and to cling to his promises um, and continue to extend uh, grace yeah. Um, that's again, it's not coming, you know, saying these boundaries don't matter, but being gracious with one another and how we communicate these boundaries and how we, yeah. uh, live those out with each other. If you have a sibling, um, that maybe has been a repeat addiction offender, right? Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever that behavior is, that's caused your relationship to degrade over time. And it's just easier just to say, we're done. Like mm. you, you've had 20 chances and the 21st chance, that was the last one and you're done. Um, but that is not biblical, right? We have you at a time for a time you draw a boundary. It says, this is very toxic. I'm yeah. sorry, but this, until you show that you're willing to, to work on this, 
we're not going to have a relationship because it's not based on anything real. It's based on maybe you're lying or whatever yeah. uh, to draw that boundary. But then the biblical thing is then to, in that time, when you've had to kind of out of necessity say, listen, you're unregenerate, you're not repentant, you don't really care about us, you, you're not showing signs of turnaround, I'm still going to pray for you. I'm mm-hmm. still going to hope, like First Corinthians right. 13, love hopes all. I'm hoping that you, you will turn this around and I'm ready for you when you do. Right. I'm not sitting here from a judgment place right. saying, I'm better than you, therefore you're not in my life. It's saying, listen, you're, you're always welcome, but this behavior will never be welcome. Yeah. And so being willing to, and that's the whole love and patience piece. And that's right. where, and it takes vigilance to revisit those boundaries when it's time to revisit those mm-hmm. boundaries and love and patience in helping enforce them. So you say once in a while, I love you. You're welcome here. However, that behavior is not. Right. Right. Um, and the last piece to these uh, six requirements for boundaries, I think plays into this as well, which is empathy. So um, again, our boundaries are not arbitrary. They're not man- manipulative. They are rooted in, in gospel. They're rooted in God's word. Um, we are not sitting here in a place of judgment, but in yeah. humility of saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I know that you are struggling. I know that this is a hard thing for you to give up this behavior or this vice right. or whatever you're dealing with. Um, but, and I empathize with you in this. However, this boundary is not going to change. And I want, it's a good thing to go through that exercise because it will help set the trajectory, uh, for a boundary. So Mm. again, empathizing is not enabling it's, it's identifying and humanizing the people, right? They're not just this enemy that's out to, you know, be adversaries of your marriage, but they are people who have struggles and who sin, uh, just like you and I. And so how can we empathize with them and model Christ and his love and his patience, right? Uh, it's a way of, um, empathy has a really unique way of disarming situations when say, uh, uh, kindness. I think it's, I always think from the husband's perspective. So like, I've, your husband, your wife has really protective parents and they don't, they are really overbearing. They want to be involved. They want to be (laughs) in every facet of your life. Right. And you can tell it comes from a place of love, Mm -hmm. but it's invasive (laughs) and it's, it's out of balance and it needs some revision. Then as a husband, empathy would compel you to say to them and to say to yourself, I think, I, I mean, I might get where you're coming from. It's your daughter. You love her. You raised her. Um, and you don't know me as well. I mean, we're, you know, we're building a relationship, but I'm, you know, I've basically taken her from you. <laughs> and so, and you want to be involved. And so empathy would, would, would recognize all those really right, good things. Right. Like you love your daughter. Yeah. Now let's talk about this dynamic because here's, you what's, your, like, here's what's not working. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking that's going to be me in 20 years <laughs> when our oldest is married. If she, if she gets married and I would love years. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to want to be there and I, I hope that she would want me there, but I also hope, and I mean this, I also hope that they would have healthy boundaries too. Mm-hmm. Like it would be their marriage and he would love her well. If he doesn't, so help me, <laughs> no. I will burn you to cut to the ground. <laughs> uh, point being, uh, empathy kind of puts you in their shoes and it, and it helps you enforce the boundaries from a more loving place instead of just the hard and fast, this is the rule, now get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I get why yeah. you're having a hard time with this boundary, but yeah. here's why it's healthier Absolutely. for everyone Absolutely. to stick with it. Um, I think we should, we can, we've kind of walked through many examples. So the example I've had here probably doesn't really relate. Um, it's just talking. I like the steps though. Okay. Can we quickly go through the sure, steps because sure. it adds some meat so to the bones. So saying, how do we set up boundaries? Like our hope, right, is to have, to create marriage advocates, right? That's kind of our goal is uh, we want people that are on board with our marriage, that are helping, that are, you know, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this we're going to set, for example, um, I as a wife am wanting, will say I'm wanting my mom to stop talking poorly of my husband. My mom would never do this. She loves Ryan more than me, I'm convinced. <laughs> but let's just say, you know, hey, whenever I talk to my mom, she's always talking bad about my husband and he gets you know, this is not new to him. And he's just like, you know, we can't allow this behavior. 
So we're getting clear understanding around this, right? The boundary for us is we want to obey God's commands, his instructions. Ephesians 4 talks about not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths as believers. Um, Also, how do you honor and how do I honor, love, and respect my husband? God's called me to do this, even in my words and my conversation with my mom. So we're, you and I as husband and wife are finding agreement. Okay, we want to be obedient. We want to have wholesome talk. I want to pause there because okay. that's harder than, than you just made it sound. Sometimes the wife, sure. you don't realize what's happening. Okay. So it's not, maybe it's not, okay. Oh, Selena, your husband's a piece of trash <laughs> and you need to divorce him right away. Maybe right. it's not that. Maybe yeah. it's listen, like he's, Gosh, he's letting you down again. You said you wanted those Egyptian cotton sheets. <laughs> you said you wanted them and like, and you deserve them. So I don't care. He's just being, just go buy them. I'll buy them for you. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Like, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, she's being yeah. divisive in a different way. It's hard for me to find examples. Like I said, my mom would never do anything like this. <laughs> or, you know, you deserve, like you deserve to be happy. Yeah. And, and he, like you're right now he's working so much. Yeah. Like, when do you see each other? Or you deserve that, that ladies night out. Like you oh. need to fight for that. Yeah. And he said you couldn't do it. Who is he to say that? Like, so she's, you know what Ed, I mean? So yep. it's not just directly against your husband. Maybe it's like alongside you yeah. in a way that edges your husband sure. out. Sure. And so finding that agreement as husband and wife. So as a husband, you need to be able to identify and articulate those things in a loving way that's not going to put your wife on the defensive right. and pit her against her own mom. Right. Instead, you want to say, this is actually what she's doing. Right. She's she's putting a wedge between us. <laughs> right. And she's causing division. And she's making you, like, and honestly, she's 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 leading you as my wife to dishonor me. Am I perfect? No. Gosh, but those we, are harder things to hear, I think. We can talk <laughs> about we can talk about this yes. as husband and okay. wife. Yeah. But but she cannot be the one that is leading you astray. I'm not going to continue to watch, and this could go either way. Right, 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 right. Um, and it's not about brainwashing no, or manipulating your no, spouse. No, it's saying, hey. Calling it what it is. We got to, so. we got to, yeah, we got to call this what it is. Maybe no one's realizing it. So we have a clear understanding of what's actually happening. Now we're going to communicate that boundary to my mom, right? What would that look like? So we're in agreement. And we, and we agree that this is going to be our plan of attack. Right. <laughs> That's a bad word. Our plan of action. <laughs> action. We're about to demolish your mom. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So here's our plan of action. And then you, you, you have to execute. This is hard because it does require you to have a greater fear of God than of man. Yeah. And that you're trusting, again, trusting that this is the right way and you're walking in obedience and you're going down the hard path because right. it's the right one. And the response is probably not going to be what you want. So just expect that, right? Expect yep. that resistance. Expect that backlash. Trust God. Stand firm, sister, brother in Christ. Stand firm. And I would, here's the very tangible plan of attack that I would outline. Is I would say, you talk to your mom first based on, because you have the, the strong relationship. <laughs> go ahead. Go out to battle by yourself. Okay. But <laughs> if, if you say, no, I don't want to do that, then now we change the plan. <laughs> but if that feels right, I would encourage you to say, go talk to your mom first. Cause it's, it's really, it's between the two right. of you. It's the whole Matthew. Yeah. How do you approach conflict? And, and if that, oh, is that, if that resonates, you give that a shot. If that backfires, then okay, let's, let's bring it to her together. Right. And I'll do the talking as your husband and we'll be there together. Right. As, as a couple in unity. I'm so, my stomach's like in knots right now. It's not even <laughs> a real thing. I'm just nervous for all the other couples that are like, oh no, I need to do this thing. It's going to be hard. Well, here's how I think your, your in-laws or your whoever You're would just respond. really good at confrontation though. You are good with oh, empathy. I don't feel good at it. That's you sure. are good with like diffusing situations. I just feel like I'm trying to keep my emotions out of it and it's all just going to blow up anyway. Listen, you start any conversation <laughs> with... I, we love you. We want the best for our relationship. Yeah. That is going to diffuse it at least 50%. We love you. We I'd want the best that. for this conversation. Like 25%. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you say it. Yep. Um, but they're going to respond in a couple, one of a couple of ways. They're either going to be really defensive and, and start feeling like you're attacking them. And then it's going to, it's going to not end well. And they're going to probably storm out and you're going to have to reconcile at another time later. Not the worst thing in the world. Here's mm-hmm. another thing that could happen is she could say, actually, I kind of see your point. And you're right. And I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And then that's where the invitation happens. Right. We want to invite you into this. Like help us build a stronger marriage. Yeah. Help us understand each other better. Advocate yeah. for us. When you feel this tendency, just try to encourage me in the other way. You know, I know you want to take care of it. A mom wants to come in and fix it and swoop in, but just, just maybe ask how you can be praying or how you can support me in this rather than, mm. um, just stating the problems over and over again. So now what happens when she breaches it, that same boundary in, in three months? What do we do? Uh, then we 
are having that conversation of, Hey, we talked about this. Um, this was the boundary that we discussed. Clearly you don't respect it and you don't want to adhere to it. So we're going to have to take a step back, uh, in terms of our interactions together, whether that means, um, we just can't have coffee and like be alone one-on-one that we have to kind of be in bigger groups, uh, Mm. to kind of maintain this conversation boundary or if it's you know a bigger thing then maybe we just need to take a couple weeks away from each other and just kind of cut contact for a bit and you can discern in there you may want to add a layer a warning layer between here's the boundary and that's what i always felt like like hey if there needs to be a warning says remember that boundary you talked about this was it and this is how it 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 broke down So I help agree. let's 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 work on this together. Good job. And then the third time she comes around and and it's clearly Three strikes and you're out of here, man, mom. That's, that's where you can be a little bit stronger and say, listen, it's clear to us that you don't want to respect this boundary, right? And that's a problem. And to show you how big of a problem it is, it's going to cause it's going to cause some distance between us right. for a time. Right. Let's revisit this in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's take two weeks off, and in two weeks we'll revisit it, and then we can start rebuilding, and we'll try to enforce this together. And that all sounds like psycho babble mumbo jump like you go through all those steps and it's like who's going to actually have those conversations and i'm here to we're here people have to encourage you that it yeah imagine the health that could be had if you're willing to go through and these steps or steps like them the biggest part of again that enforcement and and the whole clarity thing is that invitation that invitation of an explanation uh we want to reconcile we want to uh have you be a part of our family, but this is the way it has to look because we value God. We value his word. We are in a covenant. This is how it looks. Uh, I just appreciate if you just did not talk about him like this one ever. (laughs) So that'd be great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That invitation, again, it's got to lie in the empathy and the um, confidence in knowing, you know, your identity in Christ and, you're humbly yeah. going to walk through this fire knowing you're probably going to get burned and saying, okay, God, to you be the glory, right? Yeah. Uh, so final encouragement here is, again, to remember it's not just about keeping bad things out or bad people out. It's about keeping bad behavior out. Mm-hmm. It's also we need to be mindful of our own um, arbitrary boundaries or sinful boundaries that we put up. So right. we, there's, a, there's a healthy looking outward and looking inward in this, questioning yourself. Right. Right. And looking to God's word. And that's the first piece of this is be rooted in God's purpose and in his word, the purpose that's found in his word rather. And that is to honor and glorify him mm. with your life, your marriage, your relationships. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the motivation to honor him, all of a sudden we get this, this it's, it's permission to be truly transparent, yeah. to have these hard conversations, mm-hmm. to pray about how to go about them and then to execute in faith and obedience and in trust. Right. And then watch and see yeah. how God honors your diligence and your obedience and your trust so good. in this area. So good. So couples conversation challenge. You can always uh, usurp this if you would like. But I figured we should identify two areas, one with our in-laws and one with extended family. Maybe everything's great with one of those, so just pick one. What's extended um, family? Not I, your in-laws, I guess. I'm saying like brothers, siblings, cousins. So not your parents. Like, not your in-laws, not your parents. Because your, your brother is my brother-in-law. So what do you mean? Oh, well... Okay. So. I, I'm thinking parents and then kids, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. That, you uh, know what? It's like almost three o'clock. My brain shuts down at like it's, noon. It's, so. sna- it's snack time. Yeah. <laughs> so identify... Quiet. Identify one or two areas of where you and your spouse need to kind of formulate and begin communicating and enforcing a boundary. Um, I don't think it'll take you long <laughs> to figure out uh, an area, but... Again, with this mindset of we want to uh, invite them in, we want to reconcile, we want God to be glorified in all of this, and we are not willing to compromise on our obedience to God in this. So how can we invite them into understanding and really uh, keeping this, helping us enforce this boundary by showing them the purposes behind it? Wow. Really good, um, and that'll be a fruitful conversation. And again, Selena said you could do kind of whatever comes to mind, but yeah, just talking around this is so fruitful, you guys. Yeah. And that's being clear around it. That's communicating clearly around it, and then then you can start to enforce it. And again, the biggest thing, and Selena mentioned, it, is unity. Mm. You have to be in unity, and you have to be advancing against the same enemy. And the enemy's not your in-laws. The enemy is the sin or the toxicity or the behavior, whatever that is. That's the enemy. 
And if you do that on behalf of the health of your marriage and your in-laws, I think you're going to have, you're going to have a better time <laughs> than, than if you just try to create mm-hmm. boundaries around people. That's, that doesn't work well. Yeah. All right, I'll pray for us. Okay. Father, I thank you for our families. Thank you um, for the ability to communicate, to reconcile, to be clear, uh, and to invite uh, into um, a, a more uh, healthy relationship. I pray that you would give the couples listening to this um, clarity and conviction around whatever the next step is. There's a lot of pain in this area, Lord, and you know it. You know that there's a lot of uh, uh, complex dynamics and things that aren't necessarily black and white. There's a lot of gray, and we need your wisdom. Holy Spirit, we need the ability to discern. We need the ability to hear your voice mm. and obey. So I pray that you would help us, Holy Spirit, help us. Lord, I pray for the husband and the wife who are struggling, uh, that you would give them hope that you would give them um, uh, a vision for what their marriage mm-hmm. could look like after a period of re- reconciliation and trust building. And Lord, I pray that you'd give them a vision of all that you would have for them in terms of their marriage, in terms of their relationship, and how it can honor you and how they can love one another. Uh, we thank you, Lord. You're amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. Uh, once again... Uh, I want to actually remind you <laughs> the last thing um, we talked through this at greater detail in our gospel centered marriage course. Uh, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com to find out how to sign up and get access to the dealing with uh, difficult in-law dynamics course, as well as our core marriage material and a whole bunch of mini courses that are being added. The mini courses are designed to, so that you could sit down and do one in like a Thursday night mm. and take you like 30 minutes to watch the teaching and then like another 30 minutes to go through the exercise and then another 30 minutes to have mommy daddy time (laughs) (laughs) or married people time if you don't have kids. Uh, So the whole point is to give you an excuse to work on your marriage at least once a month and we trust that as you do, uh, it will be fruitful uh, to a greater degree. So we'll see you in about seven days. So until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.